What makes music scary? Over the last month, we've been talking about how music becomes scary when it truly represents something, when it sounds like and acts like whatever that dangerous thing is that we're watching, and when it gives us the same feelings that the dangerous thing would. We talked about how the Jaws theme represents the shark with music that feels like something big and dangerous. We talked about how the Friday the 13th theme represents the killer with music that feels sinister and deadly. And we talked about how the Halloween theme represents the killer with music that feels unsettling. But all of those horror themes would stop being scary if they started being normal. That's why the scariest music, the music we've been talking about this month, is the music that never goes back to normal. To paraphrase Rod Serling, it's the music that lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. Music from a dimension not only of sound, but of mind. The music that truly and psychologically represents an area we call the Twilight Zone. Welcome to Song Appeal, where we dive into your favorite songs to answer the question, why do we like the music we like? I'm your host, Hunter Ferris, and over the month of October, we've been doing a mini-series where we take a look at four famous horror themes and a fifth one on Patreon to answer the question, what makes music scary? So let's conclude this mini-series by taking a look at what makes the Twilight Zone theme scary, with some help from Jeremiah Tab, the host of the Hype Harmony podcast. You can find more from Jeremiah Tab on the Hype Harmony podcast at hypeharmony.com or by searching for Hype Harmony on your favorite podcasting app. You can find the full transcript for this episode, the show notes, and a link to hear the theme at songappealofficial.com slash thetwilightzone. You can also support this show on Patreon at patreon.com slash songappeal, where you'll find perks like sneak peeks to episodes, a brand new episode about the 28 Days Later theme, and the full version of the interview I had with Jeremiah Tab about the theme from The Twilight Zone. This episode will be spoiler-free. I've been defining dissonance wrong on this show. I've usually defined dissonance as that feeling when two notes are too close together, like this. Ugh. But that definition is a little oversimplified. Yes, close notes are dissonant. Here's a major second. It's two half steps apart and it sounds pretty dissonant, but there are some notes that are really far apart and still sound dissonant. If you play two notes that are a tritone or six half steps apart, that's still dissonant and six half steps is pretty far away. And if you play two notes that are a major seventh or 11 half steps apart, well, that's dissonant and notes can't get any further apart without going into a whole new octave. So what makes notes sound dissonant when they aren't that close together? Earlier this week, I interviewed Jeremiah Tab, the host of the podcast Hype Harmony, which dives deep into the fundamentals of music theory. He told me, The important thing to always remember is that Sound is nothing more than just pressure waves that are going through the medium of air to reach our ears. So whenever you're thinking about sound, really all it is is wiggles in the molecules of air. So one sound wave might be reaching our ears at, say, 440 times a second. By the way, that's what hertz means, the number of times sound waves reach our ears every second. And when you have just one note, well, that's a nice sound. But what happens if a second note comes in? Well, it won't be reaching our ears at the speed of 440 hertz, or it would just be the same note. So what happens when you have two notes playing, and they each have a different ratio of how quickly they reach your ears? When you have two notes played at the same time, 
they're both fighting for the same air space. That larger ratio is going to have to work with that other ratio to reach your ears. And so what results is just all these different combinations and patterns of air pressure waves that your ear has to latch onto. So what's a good definition of dissonance? My definition of dissonance is how complicated the relationship between those ratios is. So when two sounds are moving through the air, and one is 440 hertz and the other is 880 hertz, well that's a pretty simple ratio. You can do that math in your head in less than a second, and when the sound waves reach your ears, they can work together and almost take turns reaching your ears. But when one is 440 hertz and the other is 825 hertz, well that math is a little harder to do in your head. If you're wondering, that ratio is 15 to 8, and that's why major 7s are so dissonant. The math behind ratios like major 7s is pretty complicated. So when the sound waves reach your ears, they're fighting for the same airspace instead of working together. When we hear complicated, dissonant intervals like that, our brains start to crave a simple interval. Kind of like when you have a hectic week and all you want to do is take a break and watch Netflix. But what happens if you never get a break? What happens when the music never goes back to something simple? What happens when we get plenty of tension, but the release, the resolution, never comes? You get the unnerving, jarringly dissonant music of the Twilight Zone theme, with all its complicated ratios. And that's one reason why the Twilight Zone theme is so scary. It perfectly gives the audience the feeling of being stuck in a living nightmare by giving us nothing but three unresolved dissonant intervals. A major second, a minor second, and a tritone. Let's break down each of the intervals from this psychological horror show to show how they psychologically horrify us. The theme starts with a major second. That's two half steps. Yes, the notes can't get much closer, but more importantly, the relationship between these notes is pretty complicated. The ratio here is 9 to 8, so if one note were playing at 800 Hz, the other would be playing at 900 Hz. But when you're working with more complicated numbers, like 825 Hz, how fast can you really do that math in your head? I'm not going to ask you to do that math in your head right now, but if you're anything like me, dividing by 8 and multiplying by 9 is complex enough that you can't do it immediately, especially not in numbers like 825 Hz. So our brains hear this really complicated ratio, this really dissonant interval, and we feel a lot of tension. So we want something simple and normal again. But a major second certainly isn't that. So a major second is classified as a mild dissonance. That's its like official classification. So if you just play a major second out of the blue, um, it's going to sound dissonant. You're not going to be like, this is home base. You're going to be like, that wants to go somewhere. Now, it's probably not going to be harsh or grating, but it does create a lot of tension, so our minds go looking for resolution. That feeling of tension and a desire for resolution perfectly represents the show, and perfectly helps us feel what the show is like. The original Twilight Zone series didn't try to scare us by killing off characters. No, it preferred to scare us by leaving its characters stuck in a state of constant tension, with no hope of release. So the theme represents the show by giving us the same state of constant tension with no hope of release. So our brains go looking for resolution, but we get a minor second instead. This is the only interval closer than a major second. It's just moving from one note to the next note up. Or in other words, it's just one half step. And the minor second has an even more complicated ratio than the major second. 
The major second has a ratio of 9 to 8, but the minor second has a ratio of 25 to 24. How dissonant is that? The minor second is considered a sharp dissonance. That's its actual classification. And a sharp dissonance can't really help but go somewhere else. If you sit on a sharp dissonance for too long, the brain literally just basically tunes it out. This is really harsh dissonance. It's a grating dissonance. It creates a lot of tension and then refuses to give the brain the resolution it wants, so the music gives us the same feeling as the show does, since the show refuses to give the characters the resolution they want from their living nightmares. Well, at this point, our brains are definitely expecting a resolution. Maybe a fifth, maybe an octave, maybe a major third. We don't care. We just want some kind of resolution. But instead we get a tritone, six half steps apart. And this time, we get the most complicated ratio we've come across, the square root of two to one. So the tritone is universally acclaimed as like an incredibly dissonant interval. And different periods of music history have um, shied away from the tritone just because of its brilliant dissonance, its aggressive dissonance. So much that it got nicknamed the Devil's Interval, or Diabolus and Musica, literally the devil in music. And just like the rest of the notes in this song, it's nowhere near a resolution. It really wants to pull up to just a perfect fifth. I mean, if you think about it, it is just almost at the perfect fifth, which is one of the most consonant intervals. So our brain really just wants it to resolve. But you guessed it, the tension never gets released. In this song, The Devil's Interval, this Diabolus and Musica, gives us the same feeling as the show gives the characters. Characters who never get released from their own personal hell, their own Diabolus and cinema. When we start hearing dissonant intervals, intervals with really complicated ratios, we feel a lot of tension. And when music gives us tension, we expect some kind of resolution, so if that resolution never comes... That happens. So the Twilight Zone theme gives us no resolution from the major second, no resolution from the minor second, and definitely no resolution from the tritone, which perfectly represents how the show never gives the characters any kind of release, and it makes us feel the same way that the characters do. That's what makes this song feel so uncomfortable. It's really a brain with expectations, and the music is not meeting those expectations. Because your brain wants to hear an octave and a perfect fifth, basically. A major third if you're getting really crazy. But then when your ears receive an input of a minor second or a major second or a tritone, your brain says just naturally, inherently, because of the complicated ratios, your brain doesn't want to keep sorting through that. Um, that's why in many cultures, these sharp dissonances, these mild dissonances, have become associated with trouble. And associating music with ideas, making music feel like trouble, not meeting expectations, that's what this entire miniseries has been about. We associate music with ideas like monsters and murderers, and that makes the music scarier. We associate music with trouble, depending on its speed, its pitch, and the words. And music can avoid meeting our expectations with its time signature, its dissonance, or plenty of other ways. And most importantly, all of those musical techniques give us tension and give us expectations. And when that tension is never released and those expectations are never met, that's when tones turn truly terrifying. 
Because horror music is all about musically representing what we're seeing with something unusual, something unsettling, something that makes us feel uncomfortable. Horror music is all about musically representing everything that lies in the pit of man's fears. Horror music is all about musically representing an area which we call the Twilight Zone. Thanks so much for listening. If you like this episode, check out songappealofficial.com for more episodes. If there's an episode you'd like to hear, You can also help support Song Appeal by visiting patreon.com slash songappeal, where you'll find some great perks, including an exclusive episode about the theme from 28 Days Later and the full interview with Jeremiah Tab. You can find more from Jeremiah Tab on his podcast, Hype Harmony, at hypeharmony.com. Again, thanks so much for listening. I'll talk with you soon. In the meantime, have a great day, and enjoy your music.